0: Need a new campaign idea for your tabletop role-playing game?
1: Looking to improve your GMing skills or become a better player?
0: Curious about exploring the origins of your favorite races, classes, and creatures?
1: Then check out the Maniculum podcast where we show you how to use medieval history to your advantage. We're your hosts, Mac and Zoe, a professional medievalist and a AAA game developer. And together, we use modern game design techniques to uncover the origins of your favorite tropes and adventures from medieval manuscripts. In each episode, we explore a new medieval manuscript, its connections to modern TTRPGs, and teach you how to adapt these tales into compelling campaigns and amazing adventures.
0: Whether you're looking to recreate the noble Arthurian tales or incorporate weird and wacky medieval monsters into your campaign, the Maniculum Podcast has you covered.
1: Listen to our fortnightly podcast for free on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcasting app now. Back to another episode of Unwise Girls. I'm your host Jacqueline,
0: and I'm your other host Jane.
1: And we're your favorite podcast, All but the Books of Rick Riordan. Today we're continuing The Blood of Olympus. How are you doing today, Jane?
0: Uh, I'm I'm doing okay. We're we're reaching levels of scuffed setup previously thought impossible. Uh, Uh I'm I'm currently sitting in the living room because if I recorded in my bedroom, I would wake up my baby sister. Oh, Uh, Oh, no. So I'm on the couch. Uh, I've got my microphone stacked on top of a cushion, a Dungeons and Dragons starter set, uh, and a box of uh, baby books.
1: Oh my god! So this, I, is, this that... is great. Well, I'm, of course, much different. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm existing in sort of a world of infinite time. I, uh, I'm, uh-huh. I'm currently. No not currently I am uh in inside of a, a basement far away from home without my microphone. No no. It's okay. It's okay. They they give me food and stuff down here.
0: They feed they feed you in the basement.
1: Yeah, it's fine. People are always asking, How did you get in the basement? Why are you okay down there? They're never asking, Are you having a good time in the basement? Does it does it satisfy <laughs> you personally? <laughs> have you read uh chapters of the Blood of Olympus in the basement? Yes I have. <laughs>
0: This is actually, uh, you are in, you're in the, uh, the basement underneath the Acropolis in Athens right now. You went there for research.
1: I'm, I'm there. I'm seeing the whole conflict play out. It's pretty scary.
0: There's a snake guy.
1: You want to tell us about the snake guy, Jane?
0: I, I will, I will tell you about the snake guy. However, first I'm going to move all of this stuff at great personal risk, I guess, uh, and close the door because I just realized it's open and the fucking washing machine is going in the kitchen. Oh God! There. As my grandfather likes to say, the pile could be worse. <laughs>
1: That's a little pun there, I imagine.
0: It's a, it's a little pun on the fact that he has piles, also no legs now.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> good for him.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, uh, bloodshed and losing limbs and stuff, uh, uh-huh. we'll th- I'll do the summaries.
1: Let's do it.
0: Uh, chapter forty-one, Piper. The Argo finally arrives in Athens and is greeted at the docks by the snake king Kekrops, the original king of the city before Athena started favouring humans. He offers to guide the three demigods underground to the Acropolis, past the battery of onagers that are lying in wait for them, so they can disable them, get the Argo into the temple and stop Gaia from awakening. Piper senses that he's lying and remembers her grandfather telling her she would one day learn the Cherokee Song of the Snakes. She is able to musically charm speak Kekrops into admitting that he's actually planning to stab them all in the back. As revenge for the gods abandoning the snake people but is able to mind control him into actually doing the thing he said he would which is guiding her annabeth and percy to the acropolis through athens sewers chapter 42 piper as the trio make their way through the sewer gaia begins to reawaken shaking the earth and whispering to them the kids pause before they go in to have a little feelings jamboree about their families and how they regret not spending more time with them percy and annabeth do a big kiss to show that the ancient rivalry between athena and poseidon is bogus and then they head into the Acropolis. They don mist disguises so they can run around and disable the onagers without being caught, and while they succeed at the former they fail at the latter, and Piper can only watch in horror as Annabeth and Percy are hoisted up by the giants Celadus and Periboea, a male and female demigod, the blood of Olympus that runs through their veins ready to be spilled. Chapter 43 Piper. Piper does a borderline suicidal charge into the crowd of giants, trying to free Percy and Annabeth before the ritual can be completed. She is somehow not immediately killed, and while Annabeth gets a big cut, Percy is okay, and the three fight for as long as possible, holding out until the Argo shows up to save the day. Chapter 44. Piper. Show up it does, and all seven of the demigods leap into battle. Everyone punches for a bit, but without the help of the gods it's hopeless. The kids are backed into a corner, and the Argo too is heavily damaged, sinking out of the air, almost in parallel to the stray drop of blood from Percy's bloody nose which hits the ground, mixes with Annabeth's blood, and finally truly awakens Gaia. You can see why I said that these took me uh, less time than I thought they would. Uh, what did you think of these chapters, Jacqueline?
1: You can't do it twice, Rick Riordan. You, you get one time. You can't... You <laughs> you You can. You did the Hero of Olympus drop with Reyna, you, you, and you did the Blood of Olympus thing with Jason earlier, but now people are just fucking saying the Blood of Olympus again.
0: as uh, the title of the book. They've got to talk about it.
1: I... I I guess for me the title of a book like I, I guess this is a nonsense statement but it feels like it's too impactful to like be said more than once when it's dropped in this kind of way where it's like supposed to be a big hit yeah uh, no like, I get what you mean like I, I mean I guess there's like you know the the Hunger Games you hear the, the word the Hunger Games is gonna be on the page fucking like every other page but like I don't know it, it it's like you remember the last time we said the blood of Olympus. This time, it's gonna—you're gonna remember even more that that's the title of this book. And you're gonna go, "Wow!" even even more than you did before.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I a, a title drop is always something that you kind of have to do at a moment where it's really impactful to kind of like o- overcome like the inherent cheesiness of it. Yeah, I kind of I this is completely unrelated. I kind of like the uh, the way that it's kind of done in like the Discworld books by Terry Pratchett, where it's like, um. Often the title of the book will just be like a an almost like offhand comment that someone says, and so yeah. it kind of like it it hits way more than like something like the blood of Olympus. someone like like God's Guards, Guards is one of my favorite Discord books, and that's just like something that someone yells in the back half of that book. I don't know.
1: No, definitely because that provides more like thematic resonance, or mm-hmm. like like that makes you reconsider a line that otherwise wouldn't have had a lot of impact necessarily. Yeah. Like, what is this saying about the overall, like, what is this saying about the book and its messaging? I, I, I like that, too. Um, but, yeah, for something like the blood of Olympus, it gets a bit silly. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially because of the first use of it. We were like, oh, it's more of a metaphorical thing. Like, Jason Jason is going to be the blood of Olympus. Like, that's his goal. And now it's, like, actually, it's just what, we, what you thought it was before. It's it's their blood. It's their no, literal it's just, blood dripping down. it's just down. the thing for the prophecy. Uh-huh. Which is fine. You know, it's okay. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. I just wanted to start off by, by slapping Rick Riordan on the head for it a little bit.
0: <laughs> Do you reckon the end of this will be like, and now next week we'll ha- we'll continue with the Trials of Apollo? We'll get the title drop in before we even move on to the next book series.
1: <laughs> it's possible, honestly.
0: He comes down and he's like, his time for my trials.
1: Oh, God. So what, what did you think? Uh,
0: I kind of feel about these the same way I did about the Rainer chapters from last week. Where I'm like, I, I like these okay. They also feel kind of underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I don't know. I Again, the reason the summaries were so easy was because so much of these chapters are just kind of... they punch for a bit.
1: That's kind of a big problem with them, yeah. It feels
0: like... Th- this feels like the obligatory we have to have a big action set piece with all seven heroes, because people want that. Uh, and then, you know, after this happens, we'll get to actually resolving the conflicts.
1: Yeah. And especially with, like, so many of the page- so much of this was, like, just so short uh, so many of the conflicts were just, like, I don't know, like, rushed past a little bit like, he- Piper is just sort of, like, she's flailing around and just killing killing people left and right mm. she's become the world's biggest badass which is fine, you know, that she's been training off screen with Hazel the whole time. She's fucking Solid Snake, she literally- she's literally doing a video game stealth section when they're taking out the onages,
0: where she's, like creeping around and picking off isolated enemies to like thin the herd before like going into the proper fight later
1: it truly is just a ps2 game in my head
0: <laughs> one day we got to play that lightning thief ds game
1: oh god one day but not to marcy already made up a spoke Unwise girls video game that's true uh, it's we could we should just play that
0: <laughs> hey speaking of title drops and Unwise wise girls we got, we got, we got it again. We got the drop. We got um, Percy calling Annabeth wise girl.
1: We did, yes. Oh my god, it was in a pretty sweet Percy moment too. He Come was, on. he was, you know, giving her that final reassuring kiss. Not, not final. He was like,
0: "This will not be our final kiss." He says.
1: <laughs> that is literally what he says, and yet apparently I can't fucking read. You know, it's it's just it's sweet. It's the culmination of the relationship in a lot of ways. It's sort of a a, a cycle back to the beginning because like. We haven't really discussed the whole Athena and Athena, Poseidon split since like book one.
0: That's because the books haven't discussed it either.
1: <laughs> no, that's what I mean. I'm saying like the oh, books right, haven't yeah. gone into them. Like it's it, that was a little bit of a thing. Like oh, Athena and Poseidon, they're like oil and water. Uh, but and, horses, and... you know. Horses.
0: Yeah, fucking. That was what they bonded over. Was Poseidon made horses and Athena used the one a chariot.
1: Oh right, right, right which in retrospect i think annabeth brought that up i think it's just like annabeth being like shit this boy's kind of cute what do i say
0: (laughs) and poseidon and athena were like oil and water but the the glue that binds us together is the glue that you can make out of horse bones
1: (laughs) is it their bones
0: i think it's their bones
1: i don't know i always i don't know why i always assumed it was like rendered from their flesh and their fats and stuff
0: it might be the fats i don't know let me, let me I look guess. this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a horrible image of a horse being fed into a mitzer or
1: something. Sounds awful. Don't do that to yourself.
0: Piper McLean log off. Oh, you're right. Uh, boiling of animal connective tissue in a process called rendering.
1: That makes a lot of sense.
0: The blood of the horsey.
1: And so to wrap back to it here, on one hand, I, I do kind of feel like, alright, we've already gotten this beat before, right? Mm-hmm. They've already connected despite their, you know, differing lineages. That's sort of yeah we've gone through the motions with that at the same time though it does it like it, it, it it's going full circle it's sort of like hey the relationship has these foundations and they have they're in a whole different world than that now you know what i mean
0: yeah i i think so i think there's also like the kind of a missed opportunity to make this hit more than it does because uh-huh. it's, it's it's supposed to be like they do this kind of in response to being like oh this is the site of the ancient rivalry between poseidon athena, and athena where they wanted to figure out who would get athens and, like, you know, it's it's meant to be, like, a symbolic representation of their, par- their parents' uh, petty squabbling. But I feel like kind of a, a symbolic rejection of their parents' bullshit would maybe work better if they hadn't spent the preceding two chapters brainwashing someone who had a very justifiable grievance against the Olympians into helping uh-huh. them. <laughs> like, maybe if they were actually sympathetic to that guy and were like, we see what you're saying, and, like, you know, like with the other... Um, like the other disgruntled gods who met were willing to like negotiate a better thing with you that might have had some thematic resonance. I don't know
1: the heroes of Olympus has like shot itself in his foot a little bit when it comes to everything regarding like the gods and social change mm-hmm. <laughs> Be- because at this point, what we're begging for is like won't won't they please like look for more compromise? won't they please try and meet in the middle with them like <laughs> that's that's somehow become our better option like rather than like they just outright kill them
0: listen anything would be good
1: no i mean rather than they outright kill the people the person who is complaining
0: oh i see (laughs) like
1: i i would if they were like you know what fuck it let's kill the olympians i would say yeah yeah do it yeah but we're we're nowhere near there anymore it feels like
0: We're, we're never getting that I don't. Rick, Rick Rydam would never write that series, and he's a coward for it. I think.
1: Are we sure that Magnus Chase isn't just like him, systematically killing every single Norse god?
0: <laughs> god, that would fucking rip. They meet. They Annabeth and Magnus meet up at like fucking family Thanksgiving stuff, and they have they have political disagreements. You know, Annabeth is a she's a very rational centrist, She negotiated with her gods, and Magnus fucking worked his way through his entire pantheon and killed every single one of them. <laughs>
1: I I would kind of love I love the idea of just their fucking debates (laughs) it's really funny to me that at the rate the series is going there's not either like somewhere in the last few chapters Annabeth is going to be like yeah I'm really things have been really hard I think I'm going to go stay with my cousin Magnus for a while or else (laughs) we're never going to hear about about her cousin Magnus before we start that series yeah it's just you'd think well I guess this is no wait, wait 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 wait
0: we got the magnus foreshadowing in this chapter i just realized oh shit because they have the feelings jamboree about their distant family members and annabeth mentions that she has an uncle in boston who her dad never talks to
1: oh my god that's fucking that will be magnus's dad oh my god you're right wait okay (laughs) i kind of like that actually i like that a lot no that's that's subtle that's fine that's not fucking
0: rachel doing the next great prophecy right at the end of the book
1: that makes me happy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, like, have to congratulate Rick Riordan at least, because I think that it would have been really easy to do, like, a Romeo and Juliet thing with, uh, like, Percy and Annabeth.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Just think about that alternate universe and how much it sucks.
0: Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking about that alternate universe. It sucks. I'm glad that the conclusion is not, like, the the differences between their families are, like, irreconcilable and that kills them. It's actually we can we can stop doing this stupid thing
1: i also like the kiss because i feel like it's um i put it it kind of flips the this is the stupidest thing i ever said it flips <laughs> the traditional gender roles as they are usually presented in stories like uh-huh percy's the one who like gives annabeth the reassuring kiss like the the like hey i love you you can do it hero you know that kind of thing like hey everything's gonna be okay through the power of our love you know like, i hadn't a- thought about that but that's that's true that's nice annabeth sort of goes does like the cartoon woozy eyes like (laughs) what it's real it sparks piper to like think about like all the stuff with like her cabin and like having to break people's hearts uh and like being sad that jason isn't there this piper thinking about her cabin made
0: me retroactively think that kane chronicles was even shittier Uh
1: uh-huh
0: because the 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 cameo from piper's cabin mates in um serpent shadow is even more nothing than we thought it was because we've seen aphrodite cabin precisely one time in this series like we have you're right we met those characters but we don't know shit we, they might actually get more lines in that fucking book than they do in heroes of olympus
1: i wouldn't be like surprised if that was true <laughs> and i'm thinking about it like I guess it's possible they show up in the battle at Camp Half-Blood, maybe? I guess
0: so. I think it's something that we've kind of come back to a few times in this series, where, like, we've complained about not getting more time at Camp Jupiter. And, like, to a lesser extent, that also applies to Camp Half-Blood. I think, like, there needs to be less time spent pissing around on quests in this series.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, hard for the fucking road trip series, I guess. But, you know... For isn't it true that for a road trip to be effective you also have to have a strong sense of home
0: yeah that's kind of why the first five books, was one of the reasons they work so well, it was because like we get so much of Camp Half-Blood in the openings and endings of each and it's built up as a good setting
1: and here well we have the Argo too
0: we have a sewer in Athens
1: <laughs> uh, the, the, tell us about
0: the snake people Jane the snake people are, I think they are the Gemini is their name
1: yeah
0: and they are apparently uh like kind of pre-human they were the people who lived here athena favored them before the humans came along uh and ever since then they have been scorned and cast out and forced to live in the stinky sewers underground uh and you know for some reason this has made them quite pissed off with the gods and made them want to throw in with their lot with gaia and apparently like their conditions under the gods are so bad that when you know piper does the thing that the characters have done a few times in this series and is like well guy is going to destroy everything like what why what are you going to gain out of this and the reply of their king is like who cares everything for us sucks so much under the gods that that would not be worse
1: but we haven't really met anyone who's decided that yet really um, uh-huh. so i'm glad we get that perspective of just like well it's pretty bad now so (laughs) might as well die and take everyone else out with us (laughs) i think
0: i mean this is probably like a perspective that i think maybe rick is like retroactively kicking himself for not using for a couple of the other antagonists in this series so far uh-huh Whose response to that very reasonable objection has always just been la 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 i'm not listening
1: right right like we don't get the the well thought our i mean you know well thought out whatever we, we don't get the the perspective there that we do here mm-hmm. it's it's like well i've i'm totally convinced by gaia i'm so silly and i just have a brain that can easily be turned into mush by a giant rock lady I, i'm gonna collect like, bounties
0: from this person who wants to glass the fucking world
1: what will i use the money for um you know <laughs>
0: I'm going to build a Scrooge McDuck vault and dive into it every day.
1: <laughs> uh, we get a Skyron mention here. We do. Which is, I think, made me very confused. It it seems so out of nowhere that I'm like, did I forget that he was, like, in this book? Was he, like, <laughs> did this happen, like, yesterday in the timeline? I'm forgetting.
0: I, I mean, everything happened basically yesterday in this timeline. Again, fucking Son of Neptune started, like, two weeks ago. God. Even even at the like accelerated rate that we get through these books compared to like release order, it's insane that that was like well over a year ago for us.
1: We have spent too long on here as a best We should have done like we should have had two episodes a book. <laughs>
0: uh, no, it's it's fine. It's good. It's it's all it's all content, tm. Also, I these are too right. fucking long to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, reading is hard, but reading's hard. You know what's not hard? What's not hard?
0: Singing. Singing. That's famously very hot, actually.
1: Hey, not if you're just having fun.
0: That's, you know, that's true.
1: And Piper, Piper's having a lot of fun, I guess. Is she?
0: Uh, She doesn't seem to be having a lot of fun.
1: Piper is having some sort of time where she's just singing, having to, like, go through a sewer and sing the whole time
0: yeah you're you're having to inhale all the time constantly taking all that that stinky stinky sewer air into your lungs in athens as well those sewers are gonna be really hot they're gonna stink horribly
1: there's no way she brought her in 95 with her
0: (laughs) uh it's fine she can get um the the cornucopia to just like fire out fragrant smelling fruit
1: and the fact that like we're talking about like oh you know this guy actually has pretty like reasonable objections like he's he can't be swayed quite the same way they do just mind control and we have to reiterate yeah it's it's kind of fucked <laughs> and... it's it's kind of, they just end up going full throttle into like it's fine we don't need to worry about this we have the powers to just like make anyone do anything we want
0: which is also insane because I'm like Piper had a moment I I can't remember if it was this book or the last one. Where she was like, I'm only going to use my charm speak for good. No more, like, um, using it to walk into car dealerships and, like, take a car on a joyride. But she will fucking, like, brainwash this king who is, like, just a sentient guy. He's just a dude who looks like a snake into, like, betraying his entire people. It's
1: (laughs) kind of awful.
0: You can do that, but please at least talk about, like, how fucking horrible and unethical it is to do.
1: Which, I guess this goes back to like, we just had Piper mind-controlling the doctor.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Piper has become like the plot convenience character in a way that's <laughs> kind of sad.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I can kind of see it, yeah.
1: They don't have to convince anyone of anything. They don't have to like, argue. It, it was interesting because they almost did. Like, it almost felt like they were just having a genuine like, disagreement, like, conversation and like, challenging each other with rhetoric and like, I... swaying i
0: cheered so much when that chapter opened and a bunch of fucking snake people monsters come down and then one of them comes up and says i'd like to parlay i brought some cake so we can negotiate i am always cheering when this happens in rick ryden books and it never fucking goes that way
1: no like the this isn't how it went with um prometheus either yeah that's we don't need a big I guess it's for the humor of it, almost. Like, we're supposed to think it's super funny that Piper's singing these silly songs and making the snake's dance.
0: If I had a nickel for every time uh, in the finale of a Rick Ride in the series, a character shows up to kind of parlay and have, uh, like, a negotiation about the thing, and it ends up not really mattering and just coming down to a big punch-up, I'd have two nickels. Well,
1: that's not a lot, Jane, but it is weird that's happened twice. Uh-huh.
0: Also, this guy's not as cool as Prometheus, so what's the point?
1: God, yeah. He... <sighs> You'd think the ancient king of Greece would have a lot more gravitas.
0: Than just Snake Man. <laughs> Snake Man with, with a, an orange-flavored cake, which does sound pretty good, actually.
1: It does. I did like that bit. I guess he was kind of biting the style of those, like, undersea people.
0: Leo, Leo just takes a slice of the cake and eats it without checking to see if it's poisoned or anything. I do think it would have been really funny if this is what they needed the physician's cure for. It <laughs> turns out the Debbie god who will die is just Leo fucking poisoning himself by accident.
1: Be really funny, <laughs> but then they they don't have enough of it in time, and Jason also eats it. <laughs> Rest in peace, Rev. Hey, how do you feel about how the blood got to the ground? I I want to say I think that Percy like getting clocked in the nose and not realizing with his note that it was like dripping down his chin was actually pretty good i like that like out of out of the action like this is one of the bits of the action scene that i did really like was just him sort of uh th- this slow dread that like oh they've both been cut at this point and we're mm. just like continuing it while waiting to see what happens
0: i don't know it's it's a, it's a good way to just like mix the dread of that happening with like the attrition that the demigods are suffering because they're just getting the shit kicked out of them by these giants
1: yeah Speaking of the family stuff, Percy reminds us in his little spiel that he hasn't seen his mom at all since it's... Son of Neptune. Fuck
0: Hera. Like I don't, I don't I don't care what her justifications were for doing all of this. Absolutely fuck her. Yeah, she's
1: the worst. she is the villain of the heroes of Olympus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then again, I guess I guess Percy would bitch about that, and Jason would just fucking, like, give him the death stare. Uh Uh-huh. Like, oh, you you haven't seen your mom in, like, six months. Wow, that must really suck for you. (laughs)
1: Um, oh, yeah, I feel really bad. I just haven't seen my mom lately. I feel like I'm going crazy. And (laughs) Jason's, like, (laughs) going crazy. Moms, damn. That's just, like, my mania mom, who deserved to die. That's (laughs) right.
0: Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, this book.
1: I I still am enjoying it. I'm still, I thought these were pretty good chapters. I, hmm, I'm i kind of surprised, I'm not surprised, but I'm also surprised that Gaia is waking up, I guess. I'm not surprised because I know that she has to because they have started thinking into the text about plans for if she does wake up. Yeah. Uh, which means they'll have to execute on the plans. Mm. But at the same time, it feels like the ultimate goal of like we have to prevent this from happening was so fruitless the whole time yeah and in fact they kind of just seem
0: to accept that it wasn't gonna work like they, they they've kind of hung a lamp on it multiple times in this book that like um, you know they need the blood of a male and female demigod to do this why don't we just not go and every time they're just like well prophecy says we have to so I guess we are, we are going to go and Gaia is going to wake up, so fuck it.
1: And again, we return to the fates are the fucking problem here. If we don't so, do it, we're just
0: going to create a doom timeline.
1: God, literally. <laughs> yeah. You can't do it because you do do it canonically, so you have to do it. Unless you don't want to do it. In which case, that's fine, but you'll fall out of canonical relevance. <laughs> Speaking
0: of uh, the Homestuck references... Uh, I like, I like, I like the reveal that Piper is apparently a void player. <laughs>
1: uh
0: huh. But fucking the, I can't remember which giant it is. the Prophecy Giant. Is like, aha, we predicted that Percy and Annabeth would be here. That these two would fucking come through the sewers to attack us. And just for some reason, Piper is just not in the Prophecy. She's just like not visible to that.
1: I guess. It makes me wonder if, like, instead of running prophecies, the giants are doing like statistics machines or something (laughs) like (laughs) they're just like crunching the numbers to see who's most likely to come
0: they've knocked over the oracle at delphi and they've just replaced it with a big quantum computer (laughs) Uh
1: uh-huh that's because there's something there with like the the contrast between i that's not really what's happening here but like the contrast between magic and mysticism and like Hmm. the need to destroy that but it's that's also nothing
0: I this I mean this whole chapter is also very le- leaning very heavily on a like like I don't know, like dangerous mysticism as an idea as as opposed to like the, the good and like normal magic that the Greek gods use. Like cool magic swords and shiny glowy things. You know, this this chapter the giants are all about like they're standing in circles, they're chanting, they're doing blood sacrifices, all that kind of thing. Which is kinda yeah. kinda of, kind of funny given that worship of the Greek gods involved a lot of blood sacrifices. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it really is playing just into all the, like... Isn't this what scary pagans do?
0: Look at all these, these big dreadlock people doing all the scary blood magic in this temple.
1: God. Rick and not necessarily uh, the smartest cookie in the book when it comes to <laughs> knowing how not to be a little bit racist at all times. <laughs> and, yeah, there's a lot of things... Like... <sighs> it really seemed like we were going to kill the fates there for a bit. Like, did we just like work ourselves into a shoot about that? Did we just like per- believe so hard that it could happen that we were like, it must be happening because it, the introduction of like the old man giant and mm. like the, that whole bit at the end of that chapter made it really seem like they were going to like, part of the book was going to be either them having to prevent the fates from being killed or like that being something that uh really, gets dealt with at all before the book ends but it really seems like hey alright they've they've killed the old man it's fine yeah
0: cause it it kind of seems to be something that the book is driving at because there's that there's also the fact that like it's mentioned that the oracle was captured by the giants and that seems to be gesturing it like they're gonna do some fate related stuff uh, I think I guess it would also like make sense for Trials of Apollo if like if prophecy is fucked he's got nothing to be the god of so he's just kicked out of Olympus but yeah, I guess yeah. we're just not not doing anything with that. How many how many pages have we got left? Is there space to just kind of wiggle that in?
1: We've got fourteen chapters still.
0: Oh, we got a good like almost a hundred pages left actually. I guess I I I reckon that's enough time to introduce an entire new conflict and then resolve it in a satisfying way.
1: <laughs> you know, honestly, it might be.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't want to be so cruel as to say that this is giving me like Son of Neptune vibes. Uh huh. I. Th- I th- I think it is like, it's making some of the same motions, but less egregiously, if you get what I mean. Like it's, it's doing a lot of the same, like kind of failing to pay off its ideas and like mostly just being people punching in a way that kind of feels kind of unsatisfying, but like it's, I want to emphasize, I don't think it's as poorly written as Son of Neptune was in those elements.
1: Yeah. And we're, and we're back to, if, if, if the blood of Olympus was written worse, it would be a worse book. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it truly is just something we keep coming back to i think what we
0: keep coming back to is it's like it's adequate i guess
1: yeah i can hear say because someone up to a big problem with that was like it didn't really it had oh wait this would be a really bad problem for this book to have like it just like not knowing exactly how the end state should work out like having sort of a muddied idea of like who like which actors need to be at which point like who needs to be doing what what perspective Mm. needs to be happening i that would be a really bad problem for the final book in the series to have
0: (laughs) yeah i don't i don't think we're gonna we're gonna run into anything quite as head-scratchingly badly planned out as like the conclusion of hazel's character arc being from frank's pov
1: Uh uh-huh i certainly hope not
0: I, I hope not. Oh, speaking of um, uh, Hazel and Annabeth and Piper, I guess. Uh, Piper mentions that uh, Hazel and Annabeth are her best friends. And I... <laughs> I, Come on, man. I can man. believe
1: that about... I can believe that about Annabeth? There's I believe been that about with Annabeth, Annabeth,
0: sure. They went on a mission together but... earlier in this book to show how good friends they are.
1: I just... never will I get over... Never will I get over how absolutely like uncaring Rick Riordan is about like even almost showing them having a relationship together.
0: I just give them give them one little mission to go on together so that we can see how good friends they are, please. I beg you.
1: Please It's never gonna happen.
0: It's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. Fucking Hazel will die at the end of this book or something and then yeah, we won't get the opportunity for that later. I don't know.
1: Unless we do, which we could.
0: I feel like this was this is a bad week for both of us to be a little bit frazzled and off our game. Because the book's not giving us much to work with.
1: No. Um <laughs> There's a there was a, a building called the Erechtheon, is that funny? <laughs> Sounds kind of like erection.
0: I think that's funny.
1: <laughs> I think it's funny too. Uh <laughs> It's, the way that these are written is a bit confusing too sometimes like at, at one oh. point just like goo shows up I, yeah I, what the
0: fuck was the deal I didn't even mention it in the summaries because it was such a nothing thing but there's like there's magic goo that looks like a wall so that like people can't see them having their little feelings jampering in the tunnels before they go into the Acropolis but you could also just like have a door
1: you can have a door but like I was so surprised when the goo showed up because I like I've read it, I was like, wait, why are they walking through goo? And then I like, scanned the blasphemy (laughs) paragraphs, no mention of goo. No mention of goo. They, I Wait, do they not mention it? I don't think they even set it up real. I think it's like like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so.
0: We need to solve the goo controversy now.
1: I just think if you if you talk about goo, you need to actually like, have something there.
0: If you pay off a goo in Act Three, you have to set it up in Act One.
1: Yeah, they should have had a prophecy in the beginning of this book about how, like, <laughs> uh, the uh, the the evil king with legs of two, uh, the with with, with uh, will meet his end in in a wall of goo, something like that. I don't know.
0: That was that's that's pretty good for a prophecy off the top of your head. You should be an oracle. Thank you. To store more goo, the world must fall.
1: (laughs) Oh, fuck, Nickelodeon, don't do it. (laughs) No, wait, wait. Piper
0: mentions the goo when she's talking to Catcrops and telling him to, like, scout ahead.
1: Yeah, but where does the goo show up before that? Uh... Okay, I found it.
0: Finally, they reached the top of a steep slope, where the path ended in a curtain of green goo.
1: That's nonsense, I'm sorry, What the but fuck this... are you
0: talking about, man?
1: What does it mean for there to be a curtain of green goo? I'm- <laughs> I'm- is it- am I supposed to believe there's just, like, Nickelodeon Gak? Like-
0: That's sli- actually how you prepare for the, uh, the Gaia ceremony.
1: Getting slimed?
0: Yeah, you get- they're there's sliming Porphyrion for being such a shit giant.
1: Oh, God. (sighs) Piper calls... Is it Porphyria that she's like, oh, my old enemy? Uh, It's Enceladus. Enceladus, right, okay.
0: Which I guess does make sense. He did take her dad hostage. He
1: took her dad. I I suppose that's true.
0: It'd be nice if they interacted a bit more than just Piper thinking, ah, my old enemy. There's no time for it. She throws a knife at him, I guess.
1: Yeah, but largely there's no time for it because... Yeah. This is just a big nothing fight.
0: And I like... you know what's fucking me up?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Is so much like Last Olympian was a book that was like sixty percent the Battle of Manhattan. Yeah. But the the fights in that book, even though, you know, a lot of them were not like the resolution to the story or anything, they fucking hit. <laughs> yeah, they did. And I, and I wonder if maybe part of the issue is again i I'm, I'm gonna rag on this series for being like weirdly bloodless. Was it like there? There are extras from Camp Half Blood that could die or get horribly injured in those battles to make them feel like they had a bit of a sense of weight. But you can't really like, you can't kill one of the seven at this point before like a climactic moment because they're all like protagonist POV characters.
1: Yeah, and we know that somebody's gonna die at least. Well, at least one person's gonna die. I want there to be stakes before the plot required final death though you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah at that point it just feels like there are no snakes you don't want it to feel
0: like someone is dying because like the mechanics of the plot have lined up so that this is what has to happen now the the fucking fate said that someone has to die at this point so i guess we'll do it now you want it to feel like there is you know even though the structure of the story wouldn't really allow for it that there is a way for it to have gone some other way because it drew drew you in enough to forget that it's you know a story maybe this book is bad (laughs)
1: maybe this book is bad, I don't know are we being distracted <laughs> from the fact that it's bad by the fact that it's good beat to beat, to beat?
0: I think, I, I, I wonder if that might be I, I, hmm. maybe it's but, a Lost Hero situation more than a Son of Neptune one because we we liked the week to week reading of Lost Hero but the overall like plot was kind of incomprehensible and we lost track of it a lot
1: at the same time I feel like I perfectly understand everything that's happening here that's true. It's it's just too rote, I guess. Yeah. And the last Olympian, like comparing it to the Last Olympian, that was a very surprising book in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, this, I don't feel surprised by any of this, and I think it's just because of how few. It's too tangled. It's too not too tangled as in like all the tangled loves of the plot, but it's too tangled in like what the direction we're going for here is. Like we spent a whole entire book. Uh, where the main thrust of it was like the trauma of Percy and Annabeth and the magic of Hazel Levesque.
0: Yeah. And those, ele- those elements come up here, but they're just like kind of they're treat almost like fucking like power-ups for the characters, or like status effects. Where it's like, Hazel can use her uh, activate Mist ability now, uh, Percy and Annabeth mentioned that Tartarus was bad and they both shudder a little and then they move on.
1: Right, and and yet still they they are the ones who are going into the final battle. We don't get like you know Percy and Annabeth have have already ventured through a land with a bunch of giants. We need to send someone else, right? Uh, mm. Like we we need someone else to take their licks, as it were. Uh, or we we don't even get the other side of the thing. We don't get like well we've already done it. We can do it again. Uh, like that's that's not what's brought up here. It's it's kind of sidestepped in that way. And with like. Wait. I, I was I was, t- speaking of like
0: Percy and Annabeth being utilized weirdly. It's two things have just occurred to me. One, if they're worried about like oh a male and female demigods showing up and uh, getting getting bled all over the ground, just fucking send three guys or three girls. What is wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> because the I... justification that is laid out is that ah well, Percy and Annabeth uh, are the children of Poseidon and athena uh and because poseidon and athena both have like temples on the screen that like mask their scent it doesn't but a a they send piper along with nothing to mask her scent b they're the only two who get caught piper is the one who's not detected so what the fuck
1: that, why doesn't, is make, that brought... doesn't add up at all why is it even brought up <laughs> this is like a economy of information thing almost like we why do we need to know that it's we need, we need to know because Percy and Annabeth
0: need to be the ones who are like there so it's like a couple, the, the main couple of the series who are like the male and female demigod who get bled. But I think Rick like wrote that as a justification for it and then forgot about it in terms of like the actual practicalities that it would involve for like the rest of the plot.
1: Right, right, exactly. I, yeah I'm really feeling, I think part of this is when we are not as prepared when we're off balance we tend to just go harder but i am feeling really disappointed with this book right now i'm i i think it's it's a combination of that and also like we've had a, I think
0: i think two lackluster weeks in a row I yeah we, we didn't like that i don't remember what like, we were thought about the set of chapters before the Raina ones i don't actually remember what those were at this point
1: no i like i i like the Raina ones well enough i thought it, i thought they were pretty good but they just really belied how many problems there were with rick's like pacing uh story and that's kind of what's happening here too it feels for a book that we are 300 pages into doesn't it feel like this is kind of just sudden i don't know no i
0: I know exactly what you mean like uh, when we were like halfway through this thing i was scratching my head because it felt like we were still in the first act like the the pace the I think this is a problem that's maybe, like, increased as the Heroes of Olympus books have gone along, which is the pacing increasingly feels like it's just, it's fucking around for 300 pages and then a finale. Yeah. As opposed to, like, having more of a structure outside of that. And I'm sure there's, like, because I know that uh, after the series, Rick mentioned that, like, he, he he wanted to write shorter books. He was done, or at the very least, like, he has written shorter books after this. And I have to imagine that writing so many long books back to back was, like, A massive strain and i wonder if it was maybe just like at this point in the process getting to him and he just wants to get this fucking thing over with
1: i think there's a good chance which is really sad because i think that this has like i think this i uh, here's my prediction we're gonna get to the end of this and be satisfied with it like i I think just like it's it's a good enough book that we're going to be like okay yeah that was the heroes of olympus but
0: i don't think we're gonna get to the end of this and it's gonna be Kane chronicles
1: yeah uh at the same time though i don't know I, want, I I I would I do want to talk about like I I want to talk about something that fucked me up because you talked about something that fucked you up with a series uh uh-huh. Frank it can become a cloud of bees. Frank can become a cloud Yeah, that's what <laughs> If you
0: swat one of the bees, does that mean he loses like a corresponding part of his body?
1: How like how what is the ratio there? Is there, like a main bee that is the fr- <laughs> that is Frank and the rest is his body parts? Is there like <laughs> Are they all like little pieces of his brain that are floating around? How, is it like a if, fucking um, Shia-poof situation from Hunter Hunter? <laughs> if you
0: smack all the brain bees, do the rest of the Frank bees forget that they're Frank and just become normal bees?
1: I wonder. Are these actually just normal bees and Frank can only turn into one bee but one very... And Frank can summon zombie bees because of his of his bee (laughs) praetor powers
0: i jacqueline that's that's ridiculous and you should be ashamed of yourself for even mentioning that they're in greece his praetor powers aren't gonna work
1: (laughs) fuck you're right Uh, (laughs) throw me off the show i you know what
0: never mind it It doesn't matter what's up nothing i'm saving it for nox's (laughs) head okay I like how we we came in being like these, these these we have some complaints but these are adequate we've gone hard on these.
1: I think these were pretty good though. I like I the action scene was kind was rote but decent. Like we got we got the beats from the characters, you eh. know. We we got Leo building his weird fucking machine. We got we got the moment where Piper like reaches into her pocket and is like, Well, at least I have the physician's cure if anything goes wrong. Uh which uh-huh. is some, which is some great dramatic irony. Um like that that's it's it's play it's like English class stuff, but it's well utilized, right?
0: Yeah, I, I wonder if it is just a case of like these chapters are fine, but they are not meeting they're not um they're not cashing the check that the rest of the series has written. Like, they need to be doing a lot more for, like, the four-and-a-bit books that are kind of piled on top of them.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. And pipe. I think Piper... What I'll say about the... I think Piper gets a good showing here. You know, she yeah. she embraces, like, hey, I'm the daughter of, like, one of the most ancient of all gods. And I have a famous dad, which makes me better, too. Uh, and... Um... Uh, which is, that's not what she I... says. She says that they, like, were. She, her, <laughs> she says that, like, her family had come from nothing and they've become so powerful and stuff like that. But.
0: She needs to say the, 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 her mother is the oldest god thing out loud so that someone can be like, hey, hang on a second. Didn't we have this whole prophecy thing about the, the child of the eldest gods? And it, it wasn't Aphrodite?
1: Uh, you know.
0: I guess, I guess that's the kind of thing you just can never acknowledge. You no. just have to kind of hope that nobody notices.
1: You have to you have to say it because otherwise Piper doesn't get the little self confidence moment. You can't you can't say it too much though. <laughs> uh, anything um, else today, Jane?
0: I don't think so.
1: Uh, any predictions for how this final battle goes? I guess next uh, chapter we're actually getting the battle of Camp Half-Blood, probably.
0: I guess so. I guess yeah. I glanced; these in Nico chapters, so maybe those would be good. We like Nico.
1: We like Nico. Nico. <laughs> he's he's a he's a strong character. We'll see. We'll see. Sorry everyone.
0: <laughs> I'm not sorry. If you if you like this book, we've upset you by criticizing it. Good. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: Just kidding. Of course, we love you uh, parasocially. Um <laughs> reverse parasocially.
0: I think that's still just parasocial.
1: I guess so. The problem is we don't know you like we don't even it's it's kind of it's kind of inverted because it's not even like we know you but you don't know but like you don't know us we don't know you and but you know us so it's but you know
0: if you would like us to know your ga- your name uh, you could support us on patreon.com slash girls
1: <laughs> that's true uh, not so sad
0: not so sad uh my pick uh i think for this week my my pick is gonna be frank okay uh my belief is that is that frank is not turning into a swarm of bees uh frank is turning into a queen bee uh and thus attracting a swarm of worker drones uh to like be his bee swarm oh shit uh and yeah he's he's turning into a queen bee because uh that means that he gets to be a girl because he's trans
1: that's awesome that's fucking cool dude (laughs) (laughs) that that's that rips P- Piper is actually secretly a lesbian because she has ice powers now.
0: <laughs> Which, the hallmark of lesbianism? I don't. know. That, mark?
1: It feels right, right? Piper's <laughs> Piper's bisexual because she has ice powers now. I
0: the the yearning between Mister Freeze and his wife Nora. It's Yuri, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Isn't there? There's something going on with like Killer Frost or whatever. There. <sighs> Why is this the connection in my brain? I don't know. I don't I don't know what the fuck
0: you're talking she about. She has
1: a tra she okay, tra- oftentimes queer characters will have a tragic backstory. The, the the hallmark of like a of like a character with ice powers is that, that they too often have a tragic backstory. Iceman is gay. <laughs> Iceman famously is gay. Uh, and so I think that Piper too.
0: Does this mean that um what's her face, the wind goddess, is also gay? oh kyanie yeah
1: yeah and they're in Yuri's yeah, together of course uh, this is this
0: is the enemies to us fic that you're going to be writing
1: of course uh if <laughs> if you like our craft you can go to uh <laughs> uh you can go and uh look at our intro and outro on oc remix that's super <laughs> mario ocean by space pony
0: our cover art is by vera at innsmouth underscore in on twitter
1: you can also look at that uh or you can look at the website of moonshotpods.com or goodfuckingpodcast.com. We're hosted by the Moonshot Network, so that's where you can find them. All kinds of amazing shows. We played a promo for you at the start. We'll play a promo for you at the end. You can find us at twitter.com, co-host.com, slash and wise girls. We've got links to our socials, uh, email, discord, you can we have updates when episodes come out we have visual companions when they are needed all that stuff also if you want to support us you can go leave a five-star rating interview on your podcast of choice you can tell a friend about us or you can support us financially if you want to uh, patreon.com slash unwise girls where for a dollar a month you get the discord role of camp counselor for three dollars a month you get the discord role of friend of Bacchus, as well as all our bonus content Uh, we have been reading the Homestuck epilogues on the bonus show,
0: uh, we finished the meat route and we actually really liked it. If you would like to listen to us potentially, uh, discover why everyone hates the epilogues, join as we, uh, do the kanji route. Or maybe we'll like it. Who
1: can say? Also, for five dollars a month, you can get the Discord roll of Venus is Chosen, all of our bonus content, and a special thank you at the end of every episode.
0: Speaking of which, this week we'd like to thank I Love Sammy's Great, Tana... Bree and Erica. Thank you everyone. Thank you. Also, uh Patreon related announcement, uh there was a bit of a there's some like fuckery on Patreon's end and a bunch of people's like uh subscriptions got uh, uh cancelled, basically without them knowing about it or cards would decline and stuff. So uh you know, if if, if that happened to you with us, uh, just just give it a check, you know? Yeah. Or don't. That's cool.
1: That's also fine. We don't we don't <laughs> we don't need you. We we can live without you. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, we 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 really need that money. We're running out. I'm in the negatives.
0: We're such a fucking mess today.
1: <laughs> uh, and as we always say, at the end of every single episode, did I say thank you, thank you, everyone. Thank you. And as we always say at the end of every single episode, see you next week, Camp Half Blood. See you next week, Camp Half Blood. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
0: friends the actual play podcast that steals what does that mean that means that we take stories from corporations and come back and tell our own fanfic inspired actual plays with them we do things like a star wars podcast that takes place 300 years after the last jedi what if any zoids media was good we tell stories in those spaces that are better than the ones that the corporations tell us because we're not fucking cowards Please, come join us at Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends to hear a plethora of wonderful stories every once in a while on the Moonshot Podcast Network. Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends. Hosted by me, Riley Hopkins.